0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Game Talk Radio. I'm Greg, and uh, today is going to be very Nintendo-heavy. We had some great news come out last night about the Nintendo Switch's online service, which we've been waiting to hear more details about ever since they announced it, really when the Switch launched uh, and got delayed all the way till this year, so it's going to be a year and a half before that comes out. And then we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Nintendo talking about the future of the 3DS, And then finally, we're going to finish with the FTC uh, and how they've uh, sent out letters, basically, to uh, Nintendo, Sony, Microsoft, and a few other companies about their anti-warranty issues. Where they can't basically have warranty void stickers, stuff like that. So, we're going to talk about all that, but first, we will uh, roll in with the Nintendo news. So, this was kind of surprising because it technically leaked i guess but it didn't really it, it came out on the japan site and then they quickly updated the u.s site so it must have been coming basically as the news was coming out it, it must have obviously been a planned rollout but oftentimes with stuff like this nintendo doesn't really have the best launch mechanism so anyway uh it started creeping out last night the info dropped and so now the u.s site's fully updated here and we're basically just going to go through it and and kind of talk about uh you know, talk about it. So the first big thing here we're gonna talk about is the pricing. So this this uh, as we all kind of assumed it was gonna be very affordable. So one year is twenty bucks, three months is eight, or one month is four dollars. So as oftentimes with plans like this go, it's a better deal to buy a whole year at a time. The more you buy, the better deal you get. But what's more interesting about all of this is over here, there's a family membership plan. So the family membership plan is 34 dollars for 12 months. Now, over here, you can get 12 months for 20 bucks. So what does a family membership mean? So what that means is that a Nintendo account holder may invite up to seven others to join a family group all members of the group will have access to Nintendo Switch Online. So it's a family plan for up to eight people. So what's interesting about that is not only can you have multiple users on one Switch all be online capable with this account, it also includes other Switches. So technically, uh, say you have two Switch systems in the household, instead of paying 2 dollars a year, Plans, you can pay one thirty-four ninety-nine dollar a plan, a year plan to have both systems online, so a savings of five dollars. The crazy thing, though, is that if you have eight people online, you you're cutting down the cost of basically twenty dollars times eight, so one hundred and sixty dollars a year, down to still thirty-five dollars a year. So that's actually very good. That's very interesting, and I'm I'm happy to see a company do something like this. And I know we have things like. You know, Sony lets you have a couple systems hooked up in case you have multiple PlayStations. Um, there is like a family option uh, for Xbox. Uh, so this is really good deal. Uh, I really like this. Uh, and if you have a whole bunch of friends, you could all get together and save a bunch of money on the Nintendo online service. So they're not, they're not gouging us with the price of the service, which, you know, as much as I love my Switch, I feel like with the accessories, they have been kind of gouging us a little bit. So it's nice to see with the online plan the software that they're not doing that i'm I'm actually the service i'm I'm very very impressed by this and i didn't think i would be so uh as always with nintendo not everything is perfect however and so i want to kind of go through here and and kind of run down their different the breakdown of the different things that they are uh that they have here so the first one is online play so this is what the service That's launching in September of 2018 gives you online play. You can battle it out or cooperate with players around the world in compatible games like Splatoon 2, ARMS, Mario Kart, uh, Mario Tennis, Aces, and Sushi Striker. So that's the first big one. And at first I started thinking, okay, so it's just like PlayStation Plus or Xbox Live where the online is going to be required to play that game. And then I thought, well, this is weird a little bit because never before have we had it where an online service that's required to play games online has been introduced in the middle of a console life cycle. Now, technically, it's not the middle. We're only a year in, and by the time the service launches, it'll be a year and a half. But it'll be really interesting seeing games that were once free to play online, games such as Splatoon, ARMS, and Mario Kart, and now no longer being able to play those games for free, which you may have been able to. So I think that brings up an interesting argument like why don't they why don't they allow those games to be free online since because there there is a little part of me that says if you bought that game with the understanding that the online was free and now just one day they're going to snap their fingers they're going to flip a switch and now you have to pay to play that game online a game that you may have been playing for hundreds of hours online already for free and then one day they just say oh just so you know you have to pay now Again, the price isn't that bad. I think the Nintendo service price is excellent. But it brings up an interesting point, like how they're allowed to do that. Because you'd think that, like like often, and I know it's a little different scenario, but Sony, when the PlayStation 3 came out, came with the other OS function. And as we reported on a few months ago, they recently had to bring that back. They had to... Uh, they weren't, uh, or excuse me, not bring it back, but they they removed the other OS and then uh, they they were sued over the removal of that. So I wonder if Nintendo, if we'll see lawsuits pop up where someone bought a game that had online play for free and then now Nintendo's essentially changing the contract uh, with that buyer. So it's really interesting stuff. Um, again, it'll most likely be like a class action lawsuit and and no one gets any money and and except the lawyers and it's fine. But I, I found that very interesting. Like why? Why would they pick titles that have been out at this point? All the titles they listed, Splatoon, Arms, and Mario Kart, by the time this service launches will be a year old. So why those games? You know, because the interesting part about it is once you kind of go down to the, uh, let's see here. I had the FAQs open somewhere. So it talks about uh, right here. So which games require a Nintendo Switch Online membership to access online play? Nintendo Switch games such as Splatoon 2, ARMS, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Mario Tennis, and Sushi Striker will require a Nintendo Switch online membership, but other games will vary. So that's also a weird straying from the path because as we know with Sony and Microsoft, you have to have the online service to play any games online. There is no exception to that. Now here, it seems like Nintendo is giving the option perhaps to the developers. And, and that would be interesting because... I'd be very curious to see if a bunch of indie developers that have multiplayer would choose to opt out of that because you don't want to alienate your customers, obviously. But here's the other interesting thing. If it's not required for every single game, there's less of an emphasis to get it. And so Nintendo should be worried that if not, if they require their first party games online, but everybody else, you don't have to do it, then a lot of people may not do it. And so you want people to buy into the service. So I'm surprised that they haven't made it online for every game. And, and so, like I said, with Nintendo, it's always it's always never as it seems. And it, it always seems to be like outside the box. And so we're gathering all this information. Obviously, it all came in last night, still kind of processing through it. But there's some really interesting uh, things to think about here as as opposed to, you know, the straightforward service of the other two competitors. So like I said, though, $20 a year is not bad at all. Uh, And I say that because they have some other really interesting stuff coming up. So here's some of the good stuff. Nintendo, Nintendo Entertainment System, Nintendo Switch Online. Enjoy 20 NES games with added play for the first time ever. With, excuse me with added online play for the first time ever and more games added regularly. So we we knew that this was coming. Nintendo had already announced that they were going to have like Nintendo games that you'd be that would be playable with the online service. But we didn't know how. We didn't know if it was going to come in the form of a payment plan, a purchase system like the Virtual Console. And we didn't know if Uh, if and originally had said it was going to be a rotating crop of games which i really hope they don't do but here what it sounds like is that there will be 20 nes games and here's the kicker with added online play so that means uh because some of the launch games here i'm going to pop open this new tab i think it shows the list of games that they've announced so far so here they've kind of showed some of the games they've announced uh, already which is soccer balloon fight tennis ice climber Donkey Kong, Dr. Mario, Mario Brothers, Legend of Zelda, Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 3. So this and and this is the you know, this is your basic list. I mean, this is first party Nintendo stuff. This is always like a strong list of some of the first titles that always come out. But the kicker, again, is the added online play. So what they kind of show down here in the picture is my head's kind of blocking it. Let me scroll up here. So you've got a switch on the left and a switch on the right. This shows them playing Dr. Mario against each other online. That's really awesome. And I'm very happy with that. I think that's super cool. Um, and it says online play added to every classic game. So I wonder then, does that mean, uh, and, and here's what it says. So you can uh, pass the, uh, you can share your screen. You can pass the controller, depending on the game. Uh, with the smartphone app, you can also use voice chat during your play sessions, which obviously we'll get into that in a little bit. Unfortunately, the online service doesn't add any sort of voice chat. It is still through the app app which is, is, is horrendous um, still. Uh, But yeah, so they're adding, uh, you can, you can compete or cooperate online with friends, share your screen or pass the controller. So does that mean if you're playing a single player game and I'm on my switch, can I watch you play? And then you can hand over controller rights to me and then I can play. that's pretty incredible actually. And that'd be a really neat feature. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Imagine doing that as a streamer. And being able to invite people into your streams, um, you know, don't worry, Nintendo's going to gonna demonetize your stream anyway and copyright claim your stuff, but it, it'd still be a neat way to interact with your streamers. Just be like, oh, hey, come into my, you know, you know, who can beat this level the fastest and have all your streamers come in or something neat like that, you know, there's a lot of possibilities for creativity there, I think. So I think that's really neat. And so the service, they haven't announced all 20 games yet. They have announced 10 uh of the 20 so who knows what the other two uh, other 10 are going to be i mean it's not that far-fetched what they're going to be i mean it's it's launched nintendo titles but I, I do like this uh i like this list a lot uh original legend of zelda mario 3 i mean think a lot of the titles that are on the nes classic that are nintendo first party i mean these are the basic ones so that's cool uh and I uh, am and I'm really, I'm really happy with that. So that's the Nintendo enjoy 20 NES games with added online play with more games added regularly. And even if it's every couple weeks, they add like two or three games. That's perfect. I think I don't, I don't see a need to like slam a hundred games on you right away. Just give you a nice variety and slowly trickle out more. What I really hope they don't do though, is pull back and get rid of other players. Um, I'll, I'll get rid of games like I don't want to see 20 games as all you ever get and they're constantly taking games out and putting games in I think that would be a bad idea so hopefully they don't do that uh, so the other the next positive so moving on save data cloud backup this is a really big deal for a lot of people one because right now you cannot back up your game saves at all on the switch you can't back them up to your S, your micro SD card which makes no sense uh, you can't do any of that stuff so now they're gonna offer save data cloud backups uh cloud backup so you will be able to take all your save data and upload it to the cloud which is awesome so here's what it says save your data online for easy access details about this feature will be available before the paid service launches in september so we really have no idea i think they're working out more bugs Things like how much data space do you get? Um, I hope it's a lot uh, just because it's game saves and it's something you want to keep for a long time. And it's something that will keep growing over time. So I really like that a lot. Uh, So I'm very happy with this. These two right here are real big time. Nintendo Entertainment System Online, save data, cloud backup storage, really big time. Now getting to the next uh, point on their website here, the Nintendo Switch Online app. Enhance your online experience for compatible games with this smartphone app. I still don't like the app. I don't like an external source uh, for needing this sort of thing, especially for voice chat. Now, to be fair, it most likely has something to do with limitations on the system. What I would like to see is maybe, and, and I know they offered already, but the creators of the discord, the, the, the discord software, they have basically offered, uh, to help integrate voice chat into the Nintendo switch. And Nintendo of course is a Japanese company, not interested. Um, but I really hate the app. I always have. I, I think it's it's silly. I mean, I guess I should say this: the app works, and for what it does, it's fine. But I shouldn't need an app to have a friends list and voice chat capabilities. Like, and I understand that the Switch is a handheld. It's got. It does have restrictions on things like power. Uh, but. It's frustrating, you know, and and I really wish Nintendo would kind of have backed off on this one, and they didn't, unfortunately. So we're going back into it. But again, it's not, it's not a bad app. It actually is kind of neat. It's just silly that you have to use it. I think a companion app is excellent, but a required companion app for voice chat just seems kind of silly, you know, to me. And then finally, they have special offers, which just says stay tuned for news on special deals and offers for members. So that's basically saying stuff like they're going to have sales and stuff like that it's not a big deal or they'll say oh if you know if like playstation plus i'm sure something similar to that where it's like oh this game is 20 bucks for plus members at 16 you get a 20 percent discount because you're a plus member um so and then in little print right here i highlight this right here it says online play and compatible games and the nintendo switch online smartphone app are free until the paid nintendo switch online service launches in september of 2018 so you can keep playing these games online now I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that smash brothers is going to launch in September of 2018. <laughs> like basically they're gearing this up for the launch of super smash brothers and their online community. They want to build around that, which is not a bad idea uh, because they know and they'll make that game required obviously. And so when that game launches, you'll have to buy into their membership to be able to do that. Now what's crazy and maybe not crazy, but for $20 a year, I would pay $20 a year just for on a, a complete nintendo library in a netflix style you know streaming situation um and now this kind of goes a little bit to what we were talking about um what we we're going to talk a little bit about later but i wanted to cover here um Destructoid had an interesting article because one of the nintendo uh people came out and said basically there will be no virtual console on the switch they spoke to Kotaku specifically, and here's uh here's what they said. Quote, there are currently no plans to bring classic games together under the Virtual Console banner, as has been done on other Nintendo systems. There are a variety of ways in which classic games from Nintendo and other publishers are made available on the Nintendo Switch, such as through Nintendo Entertainment System, Nintendo Switch Online, which is the paid service we were just talking about, Nintendo eShop, or as packaged collections. Um The Nintendo Switch Online Nintendo system will provide a fun new way to experience classic NES games that will be different from the Virtual Console service, thanks to enhancements such as added online play, voice chat via the app, and various play modes on the Nintendo Switch. End quote. So there's some interesting wording here. Uh, and obviously the headline here, you know, the subline was was welp, you know, and and basically everyone, anyone who says that this is spelling doom and gloom for the virtual console is wrong. Basically, I think what they're finally going to do is they're going to get rid of the virtual console as a separate entity, because what Nintendo can do now is one, they've got their. NES service. They can bring Super Nintendo and N64 and, hell, you know, GameCube games like we've been thinking they would do. You can bring those to the Switch. You just won't have them in a separate app called the Virtual Console. You'll just have them on the eShop. And the eShop will have maybe retro games or something, and you'll go in there and you'll buy a Super Nintendo game for five bucks. um Now, really, what I think the reason they're doing this for is that now they can price the games at whatever they want. So now instead of Nintendo having to go to Square and say, hey, I want the rights to Chrono Trigger so I can put Chrono Trigger on the Virtual Console, Square will just put Chrono Trigger on the Virtual Console, but they're going to put it at their price. And so it will be interesting to see how the pricing goes once it's back in the developers' hands because Nintendo essentially had a flat fee. All NES games, I think, were $6 roughly when you broke it down. Originally on the Wii, they had points, and then the points, you know, obviously dollar. I want to say it was roughly $6 for NES games. I want to say eight or $10 for Super Nintendo and maybe 12 for N64 games is how it kind of roughly broke out. So now though, you could see the makers of, you know, you could have, um well, I guess you could have Microsoft release like Banjo Kazooie on the virtual console, but they could charge 20 bucks for it. And then you could see, you know, the makers of of destruction derby 64 they could release a virtual console game for five dollars and so the prices are going to vary now and i think that was by design because nintendo originally kind of pigeonholed themselves with price per genre instead of price per quality of game because you also think about you're like well should i pay the same price for tennis on nes as i would pay for Cro- or as i would pay for final fantasy one on nes when when both games are vastly different and and different. Um, lengths of play and time and all that sort of stuff. So so that was uh, I found that interesting that uh, that they have essentially um you know kind of killed the virtual console but in the sense that it's a separate entity. It's it's very very important. Like I said, you you say it says right here that it is uh classic games together under the virtual console banner. That's what they're saying. So they they don't and I don't think cuz let's be honest about the virtual console, it wasn't what we wanted. Like it it was a great idea that never was fully realized. And they never added everything like we wanted, they'd rather go to a streaming service games as a service. And with something like this, I'm actually okay with that. Because what I was not going to be okay with was the virtual console coming to the switch and having to buy Super Metroid again, and having to buy all these games I want to play again. I mean, I would not do that. In fact, I didn't do it on the Wii U. uh, Even because when you bought them on the Wii originally. When they came out on the Wii U, Nintendo was like, oh, we already own it, so we'll give it to you at a discount. I'm like, no. In fact, I was like, hell no. That's ridiculous. I don't want it at a discount. You best give it to me for free. Because look at the way they've been doing cross-buy. Both Microsoft and Sony have made great strides with that. Microsoft, doing their first-party games, you buy it on Xbox, you get it on PC. I and mean, that's huge. Sony has a very similar thing with their cross-play between the Vita and the PlayStation 4. Like You buy it on PS4, sometimes, oftentimes you get it PS3, PS4, and Vita. So it's kind of like any system you want to play it on, you get it. And, and so that's the sort of way that Nintendo was way behind in that. And so now they've come out and, um, you know, they, now they're saying, well, we're not really going to do the the service thing because I think they knew they would have gotten a lot of flack for trying to get us to buy these games again. And they don't have the well they should but they don't really have the online structure to transfer the games you bought from that system to another one even though there should be like you should be able to call nintendo and be like hey i'm gonna transfer all these games i have can i transfer them to my switch please and they should be able to do that um now obviously with the way they're doing the switch and the Switches online the nintendo id and everything it should be good going forward so now <laughs> now if they do another nintendo system we should be able to carry those licenses over but again we'll see it's Nintendo and you never really know. So, uh, getting back to it though, I wanted to run through all the FAQ because I think there was some good stuff here. These are some questions that, uh, you know, I had initially until I read this FAQ, I didn't know. So it just like the first one, this is kind of stupid, but how do I purchase it? Well, it's available on Nintendo.com through the web portal, or you can actually just go on the eShop and buy it. So it's, you know, that's, that's a dumb question. Uh we already answered the one about which games require a Nintendo ID to play. Again, have to underscore that uh other games will vary. It's so weird. And so I don't know, maybe they'll have to pay Nintendo a special deal if they want them separate, or maybe indie games won't have to. I don't know. That's that that's gonna be an interesting one to watch if they end up changing that. How can I tell if a game requires a Nintendo Switch online membership for online play? The answer is we will share this information on this topic at a later date. You're gonna see that answer a couple more times down here. But it uh you know, it's going to be somewhere on the packaging. I'm sure it's going to have to be, you know, whether it's on the front or the back, I don't know, but, um, it should be on the front hopefully, but if nothing else on the back, they'll say something like PlayStation does like Microsoft did in the beginning, you know, like Xbox live required to play or extra fees required to play. Uh, what pricing plans are available? So we already talked about that, but basically there's uh four, eight or $20 a year for one, three and 12 months. Um, so, that, that's that's really i mean i think that pricing is incredible i really do i think it's fair i think it's um it's very cheap compared to the other ones so while you may argue that it's it's a lot less in service uh you have a lot less price so I, i'm okay with that um if i own multiple nintendo switch systems will i need a separate membership for each one that's kind of a silly question also because obviously if you have two switches you can have your account on both switch systems but now you can do the family plan if you want to have multiple systems online at the same time. I, I actually really like that. I, I think that's, that family plan is, a, is an incredible bargain. And I'm very impressed by that because I think they could have gotten away with 40 to $60 a year on that. And they didn't, I mean, they $35, like not even double as much for eight people to go online. It's very cool. Now, again, I want to kind of see the limitations because what you do is you create going to the next question, you create a family group. And so I don't know what that entails. Like, are you going to have to have all the systems in the city? Like, like, do they have to, I don't know, you know, do they have to say, you know, do I, do they have to be in the same room when I activate that system on my family plan? Or do they have to register online and you have to prove that they're family? You know, that sort of thing. Uh, very curious to see how that goes. I doubt it. Any of those things? I think it'll just be as simple as take that person's username, put it in their Nintendo ID or something, and they'll be able to be on yours. Uh, but I don't know. Well, you know, we'll have to see um can child accounts be added to a family group and use a family membership for nintendo switch online uh yes nintendo accounts associated with the family membership can use the service features parents may use nintendo switch parental controls to set restrictions for online play restrictions for the nintendo online service app can be managed with your smartphone's parental control restriction settings so this is also saying that uh if one person's the parent in the family plan, they can also restrict the other, the controls on the other accounts. So if you're, if you and a bunch of friends get together, make sure whoever the friend is that has the parent account, uh, isn't one, a prankster and two, isn't someone who will get mad at you and restrict your online play. (laughs) Um, and then it's like, where can I find my parental controls? Yada, yada. Is Nintendo switch online needed for play for the Wii U or Nintendo three DS systems? No, the service is only for the switch. I mean, that's pretty obvious. We knew that when the paid service starts in september will membership plans be charged automatically also kind of a stupid question no nintendo account holders will purchase a nintendo switch online membership plan anytime after launch so you have to buy it if you want it so one day i assume you're just going to log into splatoon 2 and to go online it'll be like patched and grayed out and it'll say something like oh requires membership or something like that so one day if you forget about all this you're just going to wake up go to play a game online and see that it's no longer available to be played if I don't purchase a Nintendo Switch online membership plan, will my Nintendo Switch system have any online features? Uh, yes, online features including the Nintendo eShop, friend registration and management, the sharing of screenshots over social network, Nintendo Switch parental controls, uh, and software updates This uh, and Nintendo Switch news will not be affected by the launch of the paid service. So again, similar to Microsoft and Sony, where they're still going to allow you to access the store and buy stuff if you don't want to have the online plan. Although I really would have a hard time with anybody who would say that they don't want to get this deal for $20 a year. I mean, $20 a year. Uh, it's, it's, it's wild. You know, I mean, for that, what you're getting, uh, I think it's, it's fair, especially if they keep growing upon their Nintendo entertainment system, free games. And the fact that those have uh, added functionality, the online and stuff, I think that's a really good deal. And then it says, how do I set up and use save data cloud backup? And more details will be released soon. So that uh, that kind of a breakdown of the QA that Nintendo had on their website. Um, we talked about pricing already. And we already talked about the um, the, essentially the disappearance of the virtual console as it was, you know, I think we'll see that idea, but in a more refined form in today's sort of technology standards, which is more streaming and access like that. But also remember the virtual console had those games like as is, uh, so that's why certain games couldn't come out because they had music that maybe they didn't have access to anymore. Certain games can never make the jump, uh, as opposed to, the, uh, these are actually being edited and kind of redone. So that's kind of neat. So imagine, and I know this, uh, this isn't possible because of the uh, Madden and EA holding the rights to the NFL, but say for instance, if they wanted to Tecmo Bowl, say they could get the rights back, they could make a Tecmo Bowl 2018 officially. Uh, you know, again, not going to happen because EA has those rights locked up, but it's one of those things where you're like, Whoa, that's really cool. Now maybe one day Tecmo could make like a Madden, a Madden Super Bowl uh, and call it like Madden Super Bowl 19 and put it like old school Tembo Super Bowl but with updated rosters. It's technically an EA published game. I mean, I got the ideas, people. Come at me, come on, come at me, come at me with this, uh EA. I'm I'm here for you, baby. Uh and yeah, so that was uh that was this kind of bombshell last night that dropped on us, and it was it was an interesting one. It was really, really good. Uh, really, really happy news. Uh, I love hearing about stuff like this, especially a few months before it comes out so we can think about it and, and crack it down. I'm sure we'll hear more at E3 and through different Treehouse Directs. But I like this. I like this move a lot. I think the pricing spot on. Uh, I, I really like it because there's a, you know, one, it undercuts everybody else. It's a, there's a lack of features, but it's still, but it's a lack of price and that's okay. And I love what they're doing with the removal of the virtual console and replacing it with a sort of fill-in sort of service and again not to mention that they're gonna still release old games they want to release it'll just be on the eShop as a digital download as opposed to being called virtual console which i think is fine i like the virtual console idea but i think it's old and tired and i think it's time to rebrand it and, and and again move forward with uh with the technology standards of streaming and stuff that we have now so then uh moving on there was one more nintendo story i wanted to cover here and this one was a little weird uh because um, it's a little disappointing and a little weird. So as we all know, the Nintendo switch is the successor to the three DS, um, and essentially to the Wii U. It was, it was meant to be a hybrid console where you have one console that is your on the go mobile console and one console that is your, uh, at home, uh, play and stay console. Excellent. I couldn't have been happy with that because as a fan uh, as, as a fan of Nintendo, but not a fan of handheld systems, I wanted to have a home system that I could hook up to my TV, even the 3DS. I never understood why there wasn't a 3DS player on the Wii U, or at least the ability to buy 3DS games digitally on the Wii U and then play them. You know, you have your tablet as the bottom screen. TV as the top screen. Like it, it makes sense, you know, and the Wii U was touted as like the home version of the 3DS. And we know that. So you know, the switch was, was, was very happy for me because it was kind of coming into, to to squash and, and replace the handheld, which, which people who want to use a handheld still can, but it was nice for me because I could play it at home and I could, and they made controllers for it right away. The Wii U or the, the switch pro controller is incredible. Probably one of my favorite controllers, battery life's awesome on the thing. D pads, great. So it's great for playing classic games, platformers on stuff like that. I absolutely love that controller. So and I say this as a Sony person, by the way. Like, if you're if you're a Sony fan, you're listening to this like the ramblings of a Switch fanboy. Believe me, I am as about as far from a Switch fanboy as you can get. But I do appreciate what it does properly, and there are certain things it does very, very well. And so there was a now. This to be fair, this information. Now this is what the uh, the headline was. The, the Nintendo president said, "Quote the 3DS support will continue." Now, this says unless, but it was supposed to say until. I've seen it a couple different ways. Now, that could be translation issues. Um, Unless Switch is a one-per-person system. So, which is funny because you can make the argument that the 3DS is a three-to-four-per-person console since they keep making so many different versions and collectible versions of it. I mean, hell, I'm not even a handheld fan as I just got done ranting about. And I've I've got two Monster Hunter ones. I've got... I think that's all I have, actually. Two Monster Hunter ones. Yeah, I've got the two Monster Hunter ones. And then I bought the Metroid one, and I bought a couple of the Zelda ones. I just have them at the store as, like, a collectible thing. I don't I don't have them in my personal collection, but I have the two Monster Hunter ones in my personal collection. Um, and so... You know, the 3DS, they act like the 3DS is a one per person system. What they mean by that is two people can't play on one 3DS is what they basically mean. And they know that when they released the Switch, they made it in such a way that you could play multiplayer with just the Switch out of the box. Obviously, the Joy-Cons, you pop them off the side and then you flip them over. You can hold them like classic controllers. And and, and that's actually a really neat design. Is it the preferred way to play? Absolutely not. In fact, it's kind of horrendous (laughs) to play with those little things. Uh, especially since the 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 D pad when you have it in that mode is really just four separate buttons. It jacks me all up. Like I I don't uh, uh, I don't I don't like it. Um, but that being said, um, the uh, the uh, the idea that they don't want to get rid of the old system until the new one has more of a user base makes sense. Except that you designed it to be more than one per person. So don't criticize it and say that you're gonna shut off the other SKUs once it becomes something that you didn't really design it to be you know what i'm saying and it is one of those things like i played at home and i could sync up four pro controllers to it and play four player multiplayer games on one system as opposed to ds you'd have to have four of them in the house now again the ds uh was not as expensive as the switch so there has to be a little bit of that in there and essentially right now the cost of a switch pro controller is basically the cost of of a of a 2ds, <laughs> so it's not like it's not like if you're buying a controller for the Switch instead of buying a 2ds system to play with your friends. Nintendo's not really making any less money; they're putting about the same amount of money in the bank, actually. Um, so, th- but these these were the uh, this was the full quote from Tatsumi uh, Kimishima, the current president of Nintendo, and Shuntara Furukawa, who will be taking the role in June. So they were sitting down together because they're swapping uh, they're switching presidents, as we we found out. Um, Quote, the 3DS has an ample software lineup at a price point that makes a system affordable, especially for parents looking to buy for their kids. We expect that demand to continue during that fiscal year as well, so we will continue to sell the product. End quote. Uh, and, and that's a really good point. It is kind of their budget skew. You know, the Wii U is completely discontinued. There's no games coming out for it. It's dead and gone. It's, it's away. But the 3DS has a great, uh, has a huge uh, established uh base and uh, it is cheaper to make games for it and the games themselves are cheaper so i i don't i'm torn because as someone who wants all the good games to only come out on the switch now the 3ds is still going to have its day and obviously this year they always were going to support it through this year because the projects that were in place last year and the year before are still essentially releasing this year um i just don't want to see them releasing exclusive 3ds games stuff like Metroid, uh, Samish returns. I would have loved to see that on the switch. I would have probably played through it on the switch. Couldn't get through it on the, on the handhelds. Cause I just not a handheld fan and it takes a real engaging game to get me to, 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 uh, to stick. And so the, uh, with the, with the three DS, it is a cheaper system. You can get like, I mean, at my store, we sell used regular 3DSs, I think, for 70 or 80 bucks. And then you've got your new 3DS XLs are still around 130, I think, used. New ones, I think, are still 169.99 to 200, depending on the bundles and the styles. So it is an affordable thing. But if you're buying a new 3DS XL at 200, I would advise you just to up and get a Switch for 300. It, it makes more sense. Um, but we are going to see this. Now, it'll be really surprising to see when they announce the new Pokemon game, are they going to release it on Switch and on 3DS? And then once you start to do that, you start to have console limitations. Like, are you going to have to scale the game down on Switch because you want the exact same version on 3DS and on Switch, you know, and, and that, that's the sort of stuff that starts to become a real headache. And I, I, I think that's really the, the nuts and bolts of it all is that I just don't want that headache and I don't want there to be two skews, and I don't want two different versions either one's crappy and one's good or they're both the same and one's restricted like I don't want any of that I want to see like all the best stuff come to the switch and be as best as it can possibly be but again I also appreciate that there are people out there who don't have a switch who have a 3DS who aren't ready to adopt a new system and they want to play games too and there are still a bunch of games for them and there are already a bunch of games for them already so uh, out there so it, you know th- but it's a little troubling to me that that they I wish they'd almost said Uh, you know, we're going full, full head of steam, you know, full, full steam ahead with the switch, but they weren't going to do that because they want one more holiday of strong 3ds sales. If you looked at last holiday, if you were out and about looking for a 3ds, you would have noticed how they were completely sold out everywhere right before Christmas. Now, part of that is Nintendo has a strategy of not wanting product to sit on the shelf. It's, it's been known like this for a very long time. Nintendo does not want their stuff sitting. So they they weren't sure if the Switch was going to overtake the 3DS as the holiday thing to get. So they made sure that the Switch, or that the 3DSs, weren't standing in the way of the Switch. Now, uh, after Christmas, uh, you saw that the quantities came back up, and now you can get them pretty much anywhere, and they're still going to release systems and have them going all the way through the year. And so when we get to this holiday, I think we'll see the same thing. They're going to stock the Switch heavy and pull back the 3DS a little bit, because that's kind of your natural way of um, balancing your customers and weaning them off the 3ds and getting them over because i think you could argue amongst many other things you could argue that part of the playstation 3's failure when it launched was that it was going against the juggernaut that was the ps2 they were essentially competing with themselves and 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 you don't really win when you compete with yourself um and so you had customers going well i could spend 600 dollars on a ps3 there's i think 10 games available for it Or I already have a PS2 and there's still a whole bunch of good games coming out for PS2. I'm just going to keep playing that. Why would I buy a PS3? for so much money now a lot of people obviously bought the ps3 but you had uh and like i said a lot of other factors in there that's not the only reason that it failed at launch the price the marketing everything was was off about the ps3 in the beginning and they made a hell of a turnaround um not to mention that the 360 came out the gate a year earlier and was smashing it i mean i'm not an xbox fan really at all but the 360 when it came out they came out swinging they had exclusives they had great games they had uh they had good content you know they had uh I mean, they just, they had a system in place and they went after Sony's market and they took it. They had a a superior online service that was working great right out the gate, friends lists, and and they had achievements they introduced, which was an, an incredible idea that since, I mean, every company has essentially stolen since then. So, you know, there were a lot of factors into why Sony had a rough launch, but part of it was also because of the success of their previous system. So the whole point of all that is getting back to it is that the 3DS was was part of the reason that the switch you could argue that the 3DS success could hinder the switch's success. Now we know the switch is overly successful. And so we know that that it it didn't hurt it, but you wonder sometimes if maybe they had just cold turkeyed the 3DS, how many more switches they might have sold. I don't know. Um also not a good idea though to shut off a SKU that's selling really well. And the 3DS still does really well. People come in every day looking for 3DSs and DSs and and handhelds because let's be honest, the Switch is hard to classify as a handheld. <laughs> it is a portable system, but calling it a handheld is difficult. The 2DS the th- or the 3DS, you 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 clam you clamshell it shut, you pop it in your pocket. The Switch, you put it inside your protector case and you put it in your bag. I mean, there's not really maybe maybe a belt belt loop. If <laughs> you want to get really mental, um, and so uh, yeah, that was kind of um, you know the 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 interesting twist. Now again, I want them to go full forward with the switch, but I do understand and appreciate that you can't abandon something that's still making you money, and the 3DS is still hugely popular, even especially in Japan. So, uh, but I still found it a little bit upsetting because I just want everything for the switch, and and I know there's still going to be other games that come out on the 3DS, and I'm going to want to play them. And I'm like, damn it, I wish this was on the switch. And who knows, maybe they'll still be able to port them as long as the features, like the dual screens, not you know, the huge, uh, part of the system. Um, but anyway, so that's Nintendo talking a little bit about the future of the switch and the future of the 3ds. And then lastly, um, I want to talk about, this was a cool, so this, this came, this was actually like the day I did the podcast last week. So I missed this story by like a day, but the, the headline was Microsoft, Nintendo, and Sony are warned by the FTC about potentially illegal product warranties. And so that's, um, that's interesting because this is some practices that they talk about here that are, are illegal. They've been doing for years, a very long time, actually. So it was six major companies. It was Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo. So those are the three video game ones, along with HTC, ASUS, and Hyundai. So those were the six companies that got warnings. The uh, it sent Now, uh, initially, we had heard that the FTC sent... Warnings to six major companies, but it, we didn't know uh, which ones until, uh, motherboard, which is a, like a, a, news site had basically, uh, filed for a freedom of information act request and they were granted that. So Um, here's kind of a breakdown of what they were talking about. So um, this is how the article kind of presents it. So all six companies are in hot water for limiting their warranties in ways that the FTC believes may be illegal. The limitations mostly revolve around requiring customers to only use a product with authorized parts or accessories and to only repair a product with authorized parts or services. In some cases, they also include stickers that supposedly void the warranty if removed. The FTC says none of those conditions are allowed, which I didn't know they weren't allowed because that's just how it's been forever. The PS3, the 360, they all have void if removed warranty stickers. I don't know if the Switch actually has a void if removed sticker, but there are other ways of doing that too. Like they have little things inside that they'll know if you've opened the system yourself. And so those stickers are have always been a pain in, in the butt because what if you hear a rattling in your system you know like something broke off maybe you dropped it and you hear something rattling around there you just want to open up the shell get that little piece of plastic out of there that would void your warranty and how crazy is that you know and so i understand where the companies are coming from a little bit because you know as a business owner myself certainly not at the size of these companies um there are people that are always trying to take advantage of you and so they didn't want people to open up a system try to repair it themselves ruin it worse and then ship it back to them and say hey you it's your problem now um but more often than not it's people not trying to do that. And you know, there's a uh, there, there's been an interesting movement. I covered the story uh, I want to say last year about a guy who was uh it, it was a story about how in New York they were working on legislation to pass a bill called and I actually have it up here. I'm going to bring it up cuz this is real exciting stuff here. Uh this is the newyorksenate.gov website. So you, you I mean this is a this is a page turner right here. And uh, and so it relates to the sale of certain diagnostic and repair information systems. And so there's this middle chart where it's basically in committee right now and it's not even on the floor. It's not passed yet. So, you know, but it's neat that they have a tracker. Actually, that's kind of cool. Um, So it's uh, there's uh, one Republican, three Democrats are the co-sponsors. And basically, here's the synopsis. It requires manufacturers of digital electronic parts to offer for sale documentation diagnostic and repair information in the same manner as such manufacturer provides such diagnostic and repair information to such manufacturer's repair provider section does not apply to motor vehicles so what that's saying is that authorized repair places um nintendo sony microsoft if there's an authorized repair dealer they'll give them spec sheets they'll give them parts and everything and say hey here's how you repair a system use these parts here's here's the blueprints of the system here's how you make it all work um on the flip of that you have then um sorry i lost my train of thought because my wife just messaged me on my phone i gotta turn this thing over so it doesn't distract me um so on the flip side of that though what what this is requesting then is that that information be publicly made available to everyone so y- now if Sony's going to have an authorized dealer, they have to also release that information to the public, so that you can have unauthorized dealers still able to make the repairs with official parts, and and the like. So we when we talked about this a a long time ago, almost been six months to a year ago when I talked about this last, um, it, it, we had kind of covered how um, we had covered how how far back should it go like should sega who's no longer in the hardware business should they be required to go back and release the specs for a sega genesis or a sega cd no but could they yeah i mean think how cool it would be to have authorized repair dealers be like oh i've got i'm, I'm authorized to fix playstations xboxes um, i can fix GameCube's xbox ps2s i can fix game gears i can do recaps on sega cds that would be awesome and it would be awesome to bring the repair business back especially in a day and age where retro is king now companies don't like this for two reasons one it's probably a lot of headache for them and it's probably extra cost on their part so i understand that two they obviously want to move forward with these new devices we've got the nes mini the million versions of the at games genesis that that terribly sucks and then you've got the super nintendo classic and um and and a lot of that going forward they have the streaming service that they want to get people into with retro games so they want to move away from people repairing their old physical goods obviously somebody like me as a video game store owner who specializes in reselling physical old retro goods i would love to see a service like that um and, and so i would love to see this go through i don't know if it ever will but it was it was interesting to me though that um that they had been breaking these laws or these rules for such a long time so uh here were some of the highlights from the ftc so um microsoft has has a rule that says microsoft is not responsible, and this warranty does not apply if your xbox one or accessory is repaired by anyone other than microsoft um the next line nintendo has a line saying warranty will be void if it is used with products not sold or licensed by nintendo so now that's interesting because recently there, are, um, not, uh, um, knock, was it Naki made uh, some accessory created a switch dock that was actually shorting out people's switches and bricking them. So Nintendo then was like, you know what, if that accessory ruins our system, and it's not licensed. We don't want to have to pay for that. I understand where the company's coming from. But it's an external accessory like you shouldn't be able to void your warranty because you're using an accessory that's made for it. Now, again, do I think who's actually responsible there is is Naiko? Naki. I don't know. Why I said, Naki. that's an old accessory maker. Naiko. Um, Nike should be responsible for that. They should have to pay for that. Nintendo should have to get that from them then not make the customer. Uh, you know, why is the customer always the one left holding the bag for all this sort of stuff? Right. And, um, Sony says the PS4's warranty is void if a sticker has been altered, defaced or removed. And I guess you can't do that, uh, which is funny because the PS3 had it, the 360 had it, the PS3 had it and probably still has it. If I looked. Um, I could probably still find them, but, uh, very interesting stuff. So, um, now apparently there's no legal trouble yet. And the FTC is just sending out the letters to get them to voluntarily agree to, uh, to changing the practices that they've been using. Uh, because if they don't, then we're going to start to see lawsuits and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's really interesting stuff to me. Uh, I, I, I'm happy about it most likely because, or mostly because I would love to see the return of the, the repair shops and i would love to see the you know a whole new business starting up of people being able to repair old systems you know how cool would that be and 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 maybe it would have to be you know obviously it'd probably be something like you know any systems that are currently in manufacturing so they won't have to do it for like ps1 ps2 ps3 but they'd have to start with ps4 they'd have to start with xbox one and um, nintendo switch so i think that'd be great though and and i'd love that because then you know, we could repair things. And, and, you know, what's funny about that is we'd still buy the parts from them. They could still sell us the parts and, char, you know, and, and charge us a bunch of money for that. So they could still make money doing this is my point is they're not losing money by having other people deal with it. And who knows, maybe that almost would be better than having their central warehouse where they fix and repair everything. Like we had a, uh, we had a switch come in with a bad, with a bad dock, um, uh, with a bad, uh, um, yeah, bad dock, and it would just flicker the screen a little bit. So I called Nintendo and said, "Hey, is this still under warranty? And would you guys replace it?" And they said, "Sure." And they're actually really good about it. But I have to send the dock back to them, and then once they check it out, they'll send me one back. And I saw, well, that's such a weird waste of time. Like, you know, it's like an Apple store or a Microsoft store. Like, I should be able to take this to an un- authorized Nintendo repair dealer somewhere, maybe Green Bay, Milwaukee, and I just take it in there and be like, "Hey, here it is. Here's the warranty replacement. So I just got to give this to you, and then you give me a new dock back, and that'd be it." I mean, that, that seems to kind of make sense to me. But again, with Nintendo, oftentimes things that make sense don't make sense. Um, But this is everybody, too. Of course, isn't just Nintendo um, taking a dump on people. (laughs) Uh, And then that's it. So that's the podcast for today. Again, a little bit shorter one. um, But uh, I had a lot of stuff going on recently, as you guys know. Uh, I said this last week when I said the podcast a little bit shorter. My basement got water in it, which was horrible. Um, I didn't really lose too much stuff. I just lost some D&D books, which made me very sad, but I lost some of those. Um, I had just moved my comic books down there, which I had just bought a lot of like 1,300 comics at a rummage sale, and I had just put them down there, and thankfully, uh, I had put them on my treadmill (laughs) instead of putting them on the floor, so uh, they did not get ruined. They did not get destroyed, thankfully, And so, uh, but I've got to do more work down there. Basically, I've still got to there's carpet that was carpet remnants laying down. So I have to go through there and I had to get new shelves and I have to build shelving units to like put my stuff on shelves now. And it's just, just a whole pain in the ass. Um, not that this podcast is much shorter than usual. It's just that it's, you know, I'm not scouring to hit that hour mark really when I'm just like, Hey, I talked about the stories I want to talk about and, and we moved on. Um, so let me get uh, the stupid, boring stuff off of here because as always, I want to talk to you guys about a game that I hope you all play and, and this one I'm gonna I'm gonna reach a little bit, but I really like this one. So um, this is really good for many, many reasons, but this is maximum carnage on the Sega Genesis. It's also available on the Super Nintendo. Uh, maximum carnage, uh, first of all, there's a couple of cool things uh, with this uh, collection here. So one, they did a red cartridge. I mean, I mean, how badass is that? I mean, that's so cool. Um, this, this was one of the, the more uniquely designed and and cool games. Um, and it's really, really good. So now what's really funny is, uh, it's by Acclaim and, uh, Acclaim wasn't making the best games back then. (laughs) They had some good ones, but they didn't have a lot of great games. And this was one of the few that came out was really good. My only complaint about this game is that it's only one player. And so they they had it where you'd alternate. And so it's based off of the comic crossover Maximum Carnage, which if you've never read it, if you're into Spider-Man, if you're into comic books and you've never read it, you just have to. It's one of the best comic series I've ever read. In fact, the very first comic book I ever bought in my life was an issue, I believe, of Amazing Spider-Man, and it was part two of Maximum Carnage and I, I remember reading it and I read it so many times the cover fell off. Um, I, I love that comic. And so I have an attachment to this obviously, but the game itself is really fun. It's a, it's a beat up. So your streets of rage types, you know, all that sort of fun stuff. And it's, a. Uh, Uh, And you start the first level Spider-Man and then you play the next level as Venom. And then you play the next level Spider-Man then back and forth between Venom and Spider-Man. Now, obviously it would have been an amazing game if you could have played two player as Spider-Man and Venom, but they really did try to follow along with the story. So it kind of made sense because those two weren't really working together the whole time, uh, in, in the crossover. Uh, but it's just an absolutely phenomenal game. It's really, really good. It's one of the better beat-em-ups out there. Uh, like I said, unfortunately on one player, but it is, it is one of the better beat-em-ups out there. Um, now I'm looking really quickly do I do that? You know what? I'm going to do something real quick. This is, this is, uh, this is not the norm, but I'm going to leave you for a minute. Hold on one second. I should have prepared better, but I want to show you some. When I get cool stuff, I want to show you cool stuff. So I should have prepared better. Now this, this is one of the crown jewels of my collection. So this is a factory sealed maximum carnage collector's edition for the sega genesis now i absolutely love love this game and this collector's edition has so much uh so much uniqueness to it so for one it was available you can't really read it probably for you guys you can barely see it but basically this was only sold on qvc the home shopping network um and there's nothing on the back it's really boring on the back but obviously you get the symbiote looking box you get the gold flake so inside here there is a sealed copy of the sega genesis game and then over here you had like a hardcover of the first comic the spider-man unlimited that started uh, issue one of the maximum carnage crossover and then you have like a pin set and a whole bunch of foam a lot of foam in there because the box is way bigger than it needed to be um this is super super cool and i was looking for one of these for a really long time and apparently uh, when i finally uh, was looking for one i couldn't find any on ebay for sale or sold but I found one on Craigslist in Green Bay, of all places. I, I, you know. Then the crazy thing is, so I bought that one. That's actually not this one. I bought that one, and then the next day at the store, I am not lying when I say this, the next day at the store, some dude brings one of these in and says, hey, I got this at a rummage sale for 10 bucks. How much will you pay me for it? And I almost died because I paid about $400 for mine. Um, it's a very hard item to price. Uh, the Super Nintendo version is worth way more than the Genesis version for reasons, collectability-wise, Super Nintendo always holds a little more value, but, uh, um, but this is the Genesis version, and, uh, and I value it at somewhere around six or seven hundred dollars, if, if I had to guess, I mean, who knows, it's only going to go up, especially now with, uh, with the Venom movie coming out, and, and quite possibly there's rumors that Woody Harrelson's playing Carnage in the movie, so we don't really know what's going on with that, um, but yeah, so I wanted to show this off a little bit, a little, like I said, a little non, uh, uh, non-traditional of having to run over there into my collection to get it. But I saw it and I was like, you know what? I want to show this to you guys. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, sorry, <laughs> if you're not watching this video podcast, uh, sorry. Um, but, uh, one of my favorite pieces in my whole collection, very rare. And then, uh, once I was telling the story to a customer about how I had, you know, bought one on Craigslist and then a customer sold us one the next day, I was talking to a customer and again, you know, you, you, you trust them as far as you can throw them, but he said, my brother has one of those. <laughs> and so all I could think to myself was apparently nobody else that night in Green Bay had anything else going on except watching QVC and buying Spider-Man collectibles. So, uh great times. But anyway, as always, thank you very much for watching and listening. I so appreciate it. You guys are uh, always, always fun to do this. Uh, I, I love this more than anything. It's like my favorite thing to do during the week uh, is to chat with you guys. And as always, you can um, follow me on Twitter at DropRateGreg. If you want, you can send me questions. I'd love to answer uh, on-air questions. Send me anything. Uh, you can email those to us, too, at um, at uh, game talk radio WI at gmail.com. You can do that. Or honestly, it's, it's better on social media though. Just hit me up on Twitter. Just, just uh, follow me and then send me a DM with some questions. I'd love to do a, to do like a, a mailbag. Uh, and, um, so, uh, yes. And then if you're listening to this on iTunes or on SoundCloud, you can also follow us on YouTube. That'd be really impressive. Again, I'm super happy. We broke 2,100 subs at the year mark. Super, super happy about our success, um, on, on the YouTube channel in our first year. Uh, and, and you can follow us on youtube.com slash the drop rate, or if you just search for the drop rate, it's the little DR logo with the gray and the yellow. And you can also go to, um, drop will take you right to our website. So, um, and, and like I said, and if you're watching this on YouTube, but you're also into the whole podcast game, if you want to hear a lot of times what I put on YouTube, isn't everything, uh, isn't the full length podcast. So if you are hearing, if you're watching this and you want to just hear it in podcast form, you can go to iTunes and search for Game Talk Radio and then look for the little sprite with uh, wearing the, the my shirt, the the red with the green pipes around it. And, uh, and that should be a way to find us. Uh, so as always, thank you very much again, everybody. As long as you keep listening and watching, I'll keep doing it. So I always appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good day, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Bye bye.